Welcome to Gu Dao Jingxing, Walking the Timeless Way, a podcast that digs deeply into the ancient texts of Taoism to uncover its timeless wisdom and discuss how to apply it to today's chaotic world. I'm David Wang, Executive Coach. I'm joined by my co-host Ian Felton, practicing psychotherapist. Good morning, Ian. 新年快乐！新年快乐 ！Happy Chinese New Year! Happy New Year! I'm really excited about our discussion today because,、uh, you know, we're going to talk about hope. You know, the Chinese New Year is the first day of spring, and after this festival,、um, you know, in the ancient agriculture society of China, you know, farmers start to, you know, plant. And they really have a, a certain sense of、uh, a great sense of、uh, anticipation. So it symbolizes hope and renewal. So I think it's just the right timing for us to talk about this,、um, you know,、uh, eternal topic of hope for you know human beings.、Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. I'm excited to see where the conversation goes.、Today. Yes, sure. Well, to start with.、Uh, Tell us about what hope means to you. I, I mean, ultimately, I do feel like hope is fundamentally just a—it's a psychological coping mechanism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's a, a necessary one, and so just like we need to drink water. For our bodies, and we have to eat food to turn into energy, so that our muscles can do what they need to do, and our bodies need to do what they need to do. Psychologically, hope is equivalent to food, food and water. That without hope, it, we just were lacking a fundamental building block. To function, I see. So, is hope a human thing? It's not an animal thing, right? Right. It's 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 a product. Ultimately, it's a product of consciousness. That when we became aware that we were alive, and we became aware that we're going to die. And everybody around us is going to die, and that everything is going to come to an end. For the people, for the very early people who first became aware of that, it must have been so terrifying, and it must have created such deep dread and anxiety that. The evolutionary adaption that arose after that was the psychological ability to cope with that, and that is hope.、Mm-hmm. I see. So is hope a? So you said psychological.、Um, you know, is it? So it, it involves the mind or the the cognitive, right? It has a affect dimension to it, or even. Volition, if you see what I mean. So, is that get, unpack hope for us, if you could? Yeah. So, it it's the thing that comes to mind is a scene from James Cameron's first huge blockbuster hit, Titanic,、yes. back in what ninety seven, I think it it came out, but. There's the final scene when the boat is sinking,、mm-hmm. and people, many people, know that they're going to die and not make it. There's still the the not the band, but like the string quartet is playing. Had been playing yes, music. Yes, I remember that scene. They, yes,、huh? great, great. And so they recognize, you know, that they're they're going to die, that, that this is this is the end. But they kind of look at each other and realize, well, 
you know, the best thing that we can do is to still sit here and do what brings us joy and, and meaning. And that's to play another song, even though they're going to be playing that song and sinking into the frigid water and die. That act of playing music, I, I think it, it summarizes hope and how it functions for us even today. Each thing that we do, we, we know that there's ultimately it's going to, our lives are going to come to an end, but through our actions, each action that we perform is essentially an action of hope, an action of faith that it has some meaning and some purpose. Wow, that's a that's a great point. So it sounds like hope has some kind of anchoring in here and now. Do you think is there a connection yeah. between the two? Because yeah. if you you know put ourselves in that situation as you describe in that scene, uh, you know, there's there seems like rationally there's you know there doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be any reason for hope right because the mm-hmm. it's almost like the the destination or the the prospect is death so how mm-hmm. so you know some people say some real realists would say there's no hope here so you're talking about yeah. actually there is a sense of hope so can you elaborate a little bit more on that yeah i think even to to draw from and a Zen tradition of you you work really hard on writing a beautiful mm-hmm. poem. You, you get a very nice piece of paper and you've mastered your calligraphy skills and you put all this concentration and your whole heart and soul into this yes. poem. And when when it's finished, you throw it into the fire. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it reminds me of the Buddha board. You know, you get from, you know, let's say Barnes Noble nowadays that you write something, you know, write something beautiful there. It just the water you, with the, the the brush, right? Oh, yeah. It, it, it then yeah. it disappears, dissolves. So it, it, it's, it's kind of similar to what you're saying. That you action you proactively throw it into water or into the fire. Yeah, and and it's that the the hope is encoded in the action itself. It's it's actually not about the future at all. It's about that present moment and how that hope has an effect on us as biological organisms in the here and now. So interesting. So interesting. I, I think that's a that's a very uh, 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 that's a that's that's kind of an unconventional way of looking at it. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not the way our linear minds think about past, present, and future. We 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 tend to get confused and think that hope is about the future when, in fact, it's really about just getting through the next moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, in today's, you know, state of the the world, it, it seems like, you know, I am curious about what's your take on people's mindset, people's people, a lot of people uh, feel hopeless. I mean, young people, mm-hmm. older people, uh, you know, I, mm-hmm. I remember sharing with you a, a piece of research. Uh, I mean, from Harvard Youth uh, Survey, talking about more than mm. half of younger people, not because of the, the the pandemic, just because of some more, uh, you know, fundamental, uh, you know, causes um, that they're not very hope. They they feel hopeless. How do you, based on your observation and your, uh, you know, learning about the where? where we are as a society, why people feel that way? Well, I, I think 
think there's a there's a whole lot in there. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not obviously you can't reduce that down to just one or two simple things. Mm. I think it's a it's a product. One, I think you can summarize it this way, which is it's a product of our of civilization. Okay. I mean, I think that's it's a product of civilization, a product of culture. Now, what all aspects of civilization and culture are feeding in to that, I think that's where it gets a whole lot more complex. I think the first one that we can look at, because it's so obvious, is wealth inequality, that wealth inequality combined with the Internet as a moderator. And so I'll I'll explain what Mm -hmm. I mean by that. So since civilization has began, wealth inequality has increased drastically. I I don't think there's any argument that before civilization, there would have been much less discrepancy between who had things within a tribe and who didn't compared to now where you can have half the, you know, 4 billion people Mm -hmm. living on less than $2 a day while there's, you know, a couple thousand billionaires and multi billionaires that own a huge portion of the world's wealth. I mean, that amount of wealth inequality is unmatched. Mm -hmm. Like it's never been this, there's never been this big of a gap. I mean, that that's remove, remove the idea of nations and just look at mm-hmm. people. And, you know, you've got 4 billion people on the planet who essentially scrape by on nothing each day. And then you've got a couple thousand people that own most of everything in of significance in the world. So, you know, there hasn't been any progress made th- in in that sense in civilization. That that yes, medicine and technology has mm-hmm. increased, but it hasn't changed the human condition. It hasn't changed the situation that civilization has created, which is that once there's civilization you get a few people who hijack the the political system of each civilization and they extract mm-hmm. almost everything out of that political system while there's a whole lot of people at the bottom who essentially just toil in miserable lives and then you've got a lot of people in the middle who yeah, they, they get by okay, but they're essentially powerless and they have to kind of more comfortably toil each day performing some meaningless mm-hmm. kind of being a cog in the wheel of that political e- economic system. And so, you know, that's essentially fundamentally the same as it ever was. Um, obviously, people in America have a much more privileged status mm-hmm compared to other countries and the world. But again, if we just remove the idea of nations and just look mm-hmm. at 8 billion people, how many are starving, how many are ultra wealthy? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been no improvement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Despite the you know, national char- characteristics, you're saying that essentially, you know, that's, you know, it's the, the fundamental thing is very similar. Yeah. And so I think that's the first profound thing that has an impact on people's ability to hope. It's kind of like going back to right before we were talking today, we were talking about Donald Trump and his ability to connect Mm -hmm. with disaffected Americans. And that's exactly it. I mean, obviously, he's not a sincere person, but he knew how to talk to people who had lost mm-hmm. hope, had lost hope in America as being a country that 
cared about them, connected with them on all of their emotions about a political and economic system that has left them behind a cultural, um, a culture that has also denigrated them and left them behind. And again, while his only purpose was to enrich himself and put himself Mm -hmm. in a better position, he knew exactly how to tap in to that hopelessness that those people feel and it worked. So, you know, that's the biggest thing that that's, that's going on is just that people can see very clearly that inequality in that situation with the political economic system and they feel like life is rigged against them and and they're right like they're 100 percent right right let's pause a little bit and uh you know i'm trying to um connect this with the point you made earlier about the uh encoded action right so uh, you know on the surface you know of course the outcome is the this big gap between you know uh, rich and poor right the 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 whole wealth right the material thing do you think it's actually the underlying thing of of hopelessness is really people's maybe belief or perception or feeling whatever it is that no matter what they do you know because early on you said how do you feel hopeful you feel hopeful by throwing yourself into the process and uh, and and yeah. uh, make an impact in that moment make a mm-hmm. make a mark or some something right even though you yeah. know you know eventually this uh, you, you also hope you also know that that mark has some uh has some effect maybe on the mm-hmm. children maybe uh, you know on the future or something but the very fact that people feel hopeless. I was wondering whether they, of course, they reacted to that wealth. Wealth is the outcome, is the the product of the process, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But what they are really hopeless about is they kind of have lost a sense of human agency or something. Yep, 100%, exactly. And the reason why is because and I'm, I'm not being judgmental about it because it makes sense, but it's like from the day that we're born, we're conditioned to try to bend and mold ourselves to fill some spot in the political economic system, like, you know, become a doctor, mm-hmm. a lawyer, yep. an engineer, a businessman, you know, but for most people, it ends up being some, you know, bureaucratic job, yep. you know, yep. pushing papers or, um, sit, you know, filling some role in an organization that's essentially just a, a conduit for information and, and no real autonomy right. or, or creative agency, etc. And, and so from the time we're born, we're taught that that's what you have to do, that you have no choice but to do that. And of course, kids internalize that because their parents have been taught the same thing. They're true believers of that. And so by the time we're old enough to realize, oh, everything that people told me was just garbage and not true and all that it's done is left my whole life hijacked by this political economic system. And now it's too late. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, you are in the like fifties or sixties, right? When you're already suddenly right. you, you see through it. <laughs> That's the time when you, you start yes. to realize, Oh, maybe it's too late. Right. Uh, in terms of physical yeah. vitality and energy, I'm sure like different people have a different energy level, but overall, in the middle of, you know, your, in the midpoint of your life, I remember Dante, <laughs> you know, mm. he said, I lost in the mid, uh, 
point of my life or then you know or that there the whole poem goes but yeah yeah that that must be a very very interesting feeling you feel like you know if you cheated or something yeah yeah i mean i i, I remember distinctly in my 20s just really wanting to be a musician mm -hmm. and really pursuing it with my heart and soul and just you know my dad saying you know do you have it out of your head that you're ever going to mm -hmm. make it as a as a career as a musician mm -hmm. and you know the whole system conspires to beat you into being a cog in the wheel yeah but did your dad give, like your dad ask you that question to uh because at that time he had he you know i imagine he was at a different point in life right so like a, a parent, like, mm -hmm. you know, or your dad, sometimes I was wondering how he or she balance, you know, that optimism for life or hope for life and the reality of it that they, at that point of, of their life, they kind of know it or to some extent. Yeah, I mean, he, he was, I think, definitely mi miserable like a lot of mm -hmm. people at that stage in life and you know i think you know he he definitely tried to um spend time in nature and balance mm -hmm. it that way and and being someone who still mm -hmm. uh, was was looking to connect with something out outside of that but you know it, it one once you realize all of my dreams have been crushed that everything that people told me i was going to be able to do with my life almost certainly isn't going to happen and that it's just going to be you know this eking out an existence mm -hmm. in in a system that doesn't care about you at all as an individual. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I know that feeling. Uh, yeah, but, but specifically around your dream of being a musician, I was wondering mm -hmm. at that point of in life, how somebody mm -hmm. like your dad would tell a kid, because I think that's a very practical question. I. You know, I work with uh, executives and also I work with like a lot of young people. And then I also interact with their parents. Right. It, it seems yeah. to me that parents always have that and 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 mixed feeling toward their child. Mm. On the one hand, they want their child to have dreams. Right. To uh, really mm -hmm. like to be very hopeful about their future. At the same time, they know from their own life that the world, you know, is very realistic and sometimes very brutal, right? Mm -hmm. Or, or yeah. in other words, like they themselves experience the rigid, riggedness, mm -hmm. uh, rigged, right? The riggedness of the, yeah. the, the rigged of system. the system. Yeah. yeah. So, with that kind of a mixed feeling, like hopefulness. Right, try to encourage their kid, but also the reality of the what they experience. I think I I, I sometimes I observe they ha yeah. they are having a hard time, you know, trying to trying to guide or deliver a message to her, to their kid. So, yeah, because they don't have any because they don't have any answers. They don't right. know. They don't know what like they're how can. How can they provide guidance on something that they know nothing about? I think that's the thing. I think then, you know, the kids get either confused. Uh, I think that situation is a very in interesting to ponder because, right? Because I think we, we talked about early on their need for, home and ho for human hope, right? Because fundamentally we need that, but also you once you have that experience then it seems it has a colliding it, it it has a uh conflicting force 
with that hope. Because when you don't know, when you don't know, when you are like in your 20s, right, you haven't experienced that. Um, I think the hope, it seems like the hope um, is easier to have. Like for somebody like at my age. Because you haven't been completely bent by the system. Yeah, yeah. There's a certain sense of innocence. I mean, even like when you look at human history, the early history, like the ancient Greeks, you see a lot of the, uh, I don't know, sometimes I, I can sense joy or I can sense optimism in their way of looking at the world. Of course, then throughout history, mm-hmm. you have different uh, psych- uh, like cyclical patterns, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. certain age people are really de- in des- despair. Some people age like people are like hopeful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think fundamentally here's the problem, which mm-hmm. is that parents try to instill hope and their children by encouraging them to succeed in a system that doesn't care about them. Mm. Yeah, the system doesn't care about them. Could you you say something more about it? Is it because it's the nature of the (laughs) nature of the system? Because of the nature of the system, why why doesn't the, the system care about them? Yeah, all, all, all systems. So I'm going to read a quote by D.H. Lawrence. Mm. And what, what it says is, so he says, Men have reached the point where in further fulfilling their ideals, they break down the living integrity of their being and fall into sheer mechanical materialism. They become automatic units determined entirely by mechanical law. This is horribly true of modern democracy, socialism, conservatism, Bolshevism, liberalism, republicanism, communism, all, all alike. Mm. And, and so people think that rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic is going to change it. Like, you know, progressives think, oh, well, that's just create America as this um, anti-racist socialist state, and that'll solve all the problems. And of course it won't. It'll just be more of the same, but with a different look and feel, it's still going to be this materialist system that forces everyone to conform to it to succeed, but erases people's humanity in the process. And so, you know, to connect this back to Taoism, this is exactly why Lao Tzu was saying civilizations are all going to end up with the same result. You're going to have people at the top who control the civilization and extract all of the value out of it while forcing everyone else into these mechanical lives. And that's what all these systems do. And that's why he said, you know, Government should leave people alone and people should be able to just live simple lives in their villages with their own local customs that they get to decide what they are, cooking their food, making their clothes, having their local customs. But instead, every single one of these isms, it's just another mechanical system that someone wants to put in place and force everyone to bend their heart and souls to to eke out an existence. So you're, and it'll be yeah. the same. No matter, I mean, and you can see it's already happening in, in the U.S. and that's exactly what's going to happen. I mean, it's turning into this authoritarian, progressive ideal, and it's not going to make anybody any better 
off. It's going to be the same thing. And it's still going to use capitalism, but as a bludgeon in a different way, instead of benefiting, you know, white male Christians, it's going to benefit other different people. And, but it's going to ultimately have the same effect on the human soul. And right. Spirit. So you're saying, okay, that the, uh, the point that you, uh, you brought up about Lao Tzu was uh, interesting. On the one hand, he seems to acknowledge the, the natural hierarchy, right? Uh, and uh, on the other hand, yeah. he would say something to the effect of, okay, because there's a natural hierarchy, but don't uh, follow it, right? Don't re resist mm. or reject that natural hierarchy because that's mm. how naturally it it just happens. But don't complicate it with certain uh, doctrines or ideologies to take advantage of that. Is that what he seems yeah, to say? Right. Like, um, it's not the hierarchy. It's not the, you know, we call the bell curve, uh, right? The 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 uh, that is the mm. problem. Is some people take advantage, exploit that to fulfill their greed? That is the problem. Is that is that the mm. what, what do you think Lao Tzu will? Yeah, to leave, leave people alone. I mean, that's that's what Lao Tzu has said throughout all of his words mm -hmm. of wisdom on governing. You know, when he talks about governing as like frying a small right. fish, like you have to leave it alone. If you keep poking and prodding at it, you just tear it to pieces and it becomes this inedible thing. And that's that's at the heart of, of Wu Wei too. Just essentially leave things alone. There is a natural order. That's what Taoism is, is, is the the awareness that there is a natural mm -hmm. order and people trying to control things and trying to force their ideals upon a natural order that doesn't need their ideals just makes things worse. And that's been the case throughout history. And it's going to continue to be the case. And obviously there's, there's some amount of a contradiction between, well, the human species is a product of nature. And so if that's what people do, that must also be, natural and to that extent sure that is true but at the same time it also seems like it's leading to the destruction of the environment that we need to sustain our own species and so at some point working against that harmony working against the true natural order not just the imposed order mm -hmm. that humans try to enact their ideals eventually the pendulum will swing back the other yeah. way and and kind of prove your ideals you can't enforce you can't force them to exist in a bigger natural order that ultimately doesn't care about those ideals I see. Well, let, let me ask this question then. So back to the case of the parent kid, right? Um, is it possible then, because, you know, we talked about like the fundamental need for hope. Is it how, how, how would, what, what would you do, you know, as a, you know, say uh, the younger you, like you, you wanted to be a musician, you are hopeful to be a musician. And then you know, the kid comes to you and you're the dad who have seen the world. Uh, how would you, you know, instill or give him the hope? Because that's, you know, as a kid, that's what he needs, mm -hmm. the dream, the hope, right? To get a footing on the world, uh, in the world. Um, but at the same time, not fall into the, into the trap of, you know, uh, 
competing or striving in an uncaring system. How would you do? How 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 would you I, I do think, that? Yeah, I, I think it's there. There's two simple things I would say mm -hmm. to them, and it would be decide what kind of person you want to be and decide what you really care about doing and pursue that relentlessly no matter what the cost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how is that idea connected to the earlier points we make? Like say, that seemed to Laozi, would that seem to Laozi is not natural? Because I, I don't know, uh, well, let me put it this way. I see a lot of parents, like say, especially a lot, a lot of Chinese parents, uh, they seem to have the mentality that if you do not, I, I think also in the United States, there's also a saying, if you can't land on the moon, shoot, the, shoot at the star, right? You, if you can't shoot the star, you, you're going to land on the moon or some, something like that. In, in other words, yeah. the belief that to be hopeful about, you know, large goals, right? But we know also kids mm -hmm. have different natural endowments, interests, and all that, the reality yeah. of things. Uh, you know, is it possible that, you know, that you are becoming too hopeful that you do not see all these things? Then you end up in a, in a situation maybe by accepting so I, I feel like that is a conundrum that people are sorting, trying to sort with. They don't really know themselves at the very beginning. Right, exactly. And, and that's the thing that I would want to make sure that's clear to them. Success as defined by the system isn't going to save you. It's not going to create a meaningful life for you. So there, mm -hmm. as an example, there's a show I just um, White Lotus on HBO that I watched. And essentially, mm -hmm. you have these people who, by all standards are of society, extremely successful. Tons of wealth, tons of connections. They're miserable people. They're awful mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. They suffer tremendously because they don't know themselves. And all that they did was pursue success within this political economic right. system. So the, the things that could actually have saved them don't cut. The system cannot provide them. The system can't, the system cannot provide people anything of actual value. All it can provide is the illusion of security, which is also an illusion, but psychologically people have sacrificed actual hope for this false hope in this system you know my 401k paying my taxes um doing doing my doing a good job at work to get that promotion and yeah to some extent our choices are very limited and people have to do that to some extent, but that isn't actual hope. That isn't actual success. That system can't actually give people anything of true value. Well, maybe we can make a distinction between the system and the human connection. I feel like you know, my observation is that sometimes our human connection is mediated by the system. So if we separate the two, yeah. maybe we can find a way out. So in other words, I, I do think there's there's the meaning connecting with other people. How do we connect with other people? Like we do the podcast together. You know, we work together as a team, right? These yep. are, I think there are so yep. many ways. Uh, or we, we do trades, right? We do trades, we buy and sell. Um, I think the system originally was created to, um, how would you say, 
to facilitate this kind of a human connection. But then it gets a, it takes on its power of, of life of its own. It's becoming its own uh, monster that controls us, and uh, and and we start to lose the meaning of human connection. Right? Yeah. That, exactly. Uh, so I, I think because it's all tra- it's all transactional now. You know, everything is transactional. You know, friends are based upon, you know, who who can help me increase my status yep. or um, access to resources. Every person that we encounter is typically there's a transaction involved. We're swiping a credit card or yeah, tapping yeah, a credit yeah, card. Sure. And, and even at work, I mean, everything is the strategic thing. There's no... Um, unconditional love it's it's transactional because the system is is it possible then you know because more let's say as more people realize that uh, sort of the system limitation of it we put the system back in its own place there's a use for it but it just should never take over humanity or the human connection meaning of it yeah exactly yeah that there i mean there's it's an inversion of things where people now exist for the global economic Mm -hmm. system and instead the global economic system needs to exist for people but it is really far away yeah. from yeah. that. I, 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 I've got to uh, share a, a piece of hope uh, with you just anecdotally. Uh, yesterday, when I connect, because of the Chinese New Year, we uh, I connected through WeChat with one of my, uh, you know, uh, best friends in China. And, uh, you know, um, uh, like the the it's a you know it's a, a, a couple the 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 woman my my friend and uh, his, his wife his wife we, we talked together and uh, uh, and 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 his wife shared something very interesting he said usually in the past years uh, people in China like they during the Chinese New Year you, you, they get very very busy they wanted to make money. Uh, she so before the Chinese New Year is a tradition. You have to have your haircut. Then you couldn't do your haircut. So she uh, she was very busy and she tried to find a person who uh, uh, provide the haircut service, but she couldn't find that person. The person already is going back home. She said this is a very mm. subtle and interesting trend in China that people start to realize that money is not the, the only thing because of the three years of, yeah. of, of lockdown and, and all these uh, policies, they, uh, yeah. they want to go home and see their family. So from there, I sort of feel like, you know, we are at a, probably one of the lowest points. Um, maybe this, I, I think the uh, loudest idea helps because there's always the, the, going forward and then going, turning back, right? So people are so, as you said, uh, people are so exhausted and tired and, you know, re, you know, they resent the system. They want to do something different. Uh, there's an inner maybe earning, I don't know how powerful it is to, um, to get back that, that, that hope, that, you know, human connection, that sense of agent, agency. Yeah, exactly. That they're, I mean, that's what people want to do. People, Mm. they want to not be constantly being pushed around, told what to do, told what to think, boxed in by the clock, boxed in by the time of it's eight o'clock and I've got to be at work and I've got to be here doing these tasks until five o'clock. I mean, and then compounded by now social media that's telling everyone what to think and how to think and just creating 
layers of toxic interactions on top of an already toxic system, deep down inside, people would just prefer to be left Mm. alone and have simpler lives just with their loved ones and their friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing games. Yeah. Playing music, dancing, but, and and that's how people used to yeah, live. Yeah, people used to yeah, live yeah. before all this technology. Yeah. And now look what we have. We have all this technology. We have all these machines and there's no hope. There's no faith. There's no love. <laughs> there's just this emptiness of, well, I've got to work harder than ever so that I can get a gold star by the system. And for what you see these people that do that and they still don't, they don't have, have it. If they have it, they find it so futile. Yeah. It's, it's like emptiness in it. Yeah. But uh, based on our discussion so far, um, you know, obviously you can't, you know, rely on any, political I, I feel the change people people want to have change you know that's for sure I, I think the human instinct or maybe that underlying human need for hope uh, will push people uh, away from the system I, I know mm-hmm. for the time being it seems like a lot of people say oh I still have to be in the system because you know I have a family right these are real I think the 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 real issues because our life it's not like we can suddenly live a self you know sufficient <laughs> you know sufficient um, uh, life uh, because you know our money is transacted through banks it's not like you and I have a yep. piece of land you know we can well eventually I think there might be even then you'd have to pay the yeah, taxes yeah, using yeah, yeah, dollars or yeah. else they'll come so and take we it. over you know for whatever reason we have been controlled by this but I know a lot of people feel like okay hopefully you know I'm in the system but I'm really not off the system I don't want to be out of the system exactly and that's the middle ground that I'm talking about where it's just like no, we can't escape the system, but we can help each other remember how invalid and how unhelpful the system actually is and quit and give it as little energy as you possibly can. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's a, that's a probably a, a mindset or sentiment I share and, uh, just through lots of conversations with friends, people don't necessarily say it that way, but I can sense. I can. Mm. Uh, there's a, like awakening to the reality of the system, the nature of the system, uh, because of you know age. I think play a role. You know, like 20 years ago, yeah. I wouldn't re- you know realize that way. And also, mm-hmm. probably with the power of the social media, people talk. More, of course, there's a downside to it, but I think that kind of awakening is accelerated by the speed and scale of transportation, uh, 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 communication on this planet. Yeah, and I would say you know try try not to use social media because that's giving the system energy. I mean every. Everything you post on social media, that's feeding the system, that's feeding that ad revenue, it's feeding all of those things. I, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, maybe occasionally as a reference point, because it does give us a sense of scale, like what people really like think. But once you get into it, then you yourself get, uh, you know, in, into the sleep mode again, and then you are also used by whoever whoever powers the social mm-hmm. media to make money. You know, I agree with you that then <laughs> you're you're enslaved again, consciously or unconsciously. Uh, the real maybe yeah. connection is the people to people. You know, at the one person at a time, one 
right? That that that's continues to be meaningful, I think. Yeah, try to genuinely connect and be a genuine human being to every person that you meet and not thinking about what's their status, what what's their job, what am I in what am I entitled to because of their role and treat people like human beings, treat people like this unique, this, this, I mean, we're all these fantastic creatures that are incomprehensibly amazing. Mm -hmm. Quit treating each other like we're just these cogs in a machine performing some transaction in the economic system. I mean, there's tons of opportunities every day to instill hope by treating each other like human beings. I mean, so going back to how the system isn't going to give us what we need, I think most people are aware um, that the words of spiritual leaders came before the organizations that arose after them. So for example, like the church came after mm -hmm. Jesus and when, there, when, when Jesus walked the earth, there was no church. The essence of what he said and, and every spiritual leader is still profoundly true today. Yes. It's that the organizations continue to corrupt what these people have said. And again, it's, Quit reducing yourself down to just money and lust and pride and show our fellow people unconditional love. That is at the essence what spirituality yes. is, and that's at the essence of what it means to be a human being. That's how we survive. We, we got through the history of humanity not because of political economic systems. Those came way, 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 way after mm -hmm, the fact. Mm -hmm. We got through life in this harsh environment because we loved each other and treated each other with a deep, profound respect. And that is gone. And this system and these political economic systems actively discourage it. They actively encourage us to hate each other because they know that it weakens us and it keeps us dependent upon this shitty system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. I think before the human system, there's a natural order, right? And yes. now, because you know, through evolution, that human system uh, comes into place, then the whoever is the benef the biggest beneficiary of the human system try to instill in us a story that you can, you, you, you need to depend on us, depend on us, continue yes. to depend on us. You won't be safe if you you're just go back to the natural order. So that fear, yep. I think, prevents a lot of people from, um, you know, finding their true freedom. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. We are at the top of the hour and I, uh, you know, I really enjoy this discussion uh, with you on hope. I think it's the right timing. And also, I think it gives us a sense a little bit deeper than the usual, usual word that we say about hope. 